The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. This is the news. And why, 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 why it matters. I'm Sarah Gonzalez. Welcome to the news and why it matters. Glenn, what was the top story? I think it has to be the Google tape that has been smuggled out. Okay. A bad Star Trek parody. So. Uh, I will uh, get the polling geeks to unite and uh, tell you that the House and Senate forecasts are out, the initial ones, and we'll look at those. Okay. Pat. Our continuing slide to socialism. Mm. Oh, goody. Yay! Mm-hmm. Yay! All right, before we get into all of that, yes, they are. They are. are Good point. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This is the news and why it matters. (laughs) Uh, Before we get into that, I want to thank our TV and podcast sponsor, My Patriot Supply. Mm. Glenn, I know that you have worked with them for a while. Um, I want to know what is, like, what kind of foods do they offer? They just have a wide variety of all different, really. Yeah, everything. I mean, like, so good. Now, Pat, you and I would never do this, Mm. okay? Mm -hmm. But we've heard rumor that... If, you know, a man's wife happens to be out of town and the man happens to be just very lazy, uh, that they've gone into the food storage and eaten it all weekend long. So it's, 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 that's an emergency. It's for emergency exactly preparedness. Right. I'm too lazy to do anything. Uh, uh, it's really good food. All, all really, really good food. Top quality um, and easy. I mean, if you're, if you're in the Carolinas... This yeah. is the time that, mm-hmm. I mean, imagine when I went down to Houston and we saw the people from the, uh, the hurricane, you're leaving your house, you have to now pay for hotel rooms mm-hmm. and breakfast, lunch, and dinner for your kids. How, how does the average person afford that? Yeah, um, and so this week they are offering a special price. It's $75 for a food kit that contains 92 servings of breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Wow. That's amazing. 75 bucks. That's amazing. So you can go to preparewithnews.com. Uh, and again, that's $75. It lasts like 25 years in storage. Yeah, it's really good. So it's good stuff. a really great investment. Yep. All right, the Google tape. All right, do we have a little bit of the Google tape to play? I mean, first of all, can we just show it, uh, just show the picture of it or just start it and then. Pause for a second. I don't know which one you have. Of most yeah. uh, okay, people here. I mean, that looks like a drunk McCoy <laughs> from Star Trek. Uh, and then the and then the other Google the Google uh, guy gets next to him, and he's wearing a Captain Kirk outfit. And I don't know when they started doing parodies of Star Trek, but that's all I can think of when I listen to this. So I I have. <laughs> I dismissed it in my mind as a joke already, but it's not. Go ahead and play this. Are uh, pretty upset and pretty sad for uh, because of the election. But uh, anyway, on a more uh, serious note, you know, myself um, uh, as an immigrant and a refugee, um, I, I certainly find this election uh, deeply offensive, and I know many of you do too. Um, and, and I think it's a very stressful time, uh, and it uh, conflicts with many of our values. Um, I think it's, uh, it's a good time to reflect on that. McCoy's depressed. Yeah, he is, and Kirk is, even ju- is just as bad. <laughs> so this goes on. I mean, I saw an edit from Breitbart of, of 10 minutes, but this was the whole, this was their, you know, their annual meeting. This was smuggled out by somebody who was there. Now, if you, if you actually listen to what they're saying, it is so disturbing. Because remember, they're a platform. 
They're a platform. They are not a content provider. They are simply a platform. And the most powerful platform the world has seen ever. When it comes to information, they are going to, they will, they will edit and be the, uh, the gatekeeper of all information. That's Google. To hear them talk about how um, they can't, you know, this just won't stand and they didn't see this coming and they're so depressed. We have had those kinds of discussions, not in a corporate setting, but we've had those discussions after uh, elections. But we are opinion people. We are paid for our opinions. They're supposedly not biased. Correct. Now, look at that. And you tell me if they think that that injustice was as deep as they say it was, how are they not skewing things? Mm-hmm. They're hypocrites. If they don't skew things after that, they're absolute hypocrites. The other thing that kind of jumped out in this to me was, do you have no employees who voted for Trump? Mm-hmm. If, if you do... You've just totally re- disregarded them. You've just treated them like crap. Nice. If you don't, are you making sure that you don't have conservatives or Republicans in your company? I mean, something's weird about that. So did you see the woman who was on stage talking about that? No. She, I think she was from HR, I'm not sure. And she said, you know, we're just so, this is so horrible. And listen, you know, there's so many of us now that want to move to Canada. And don't worry about it. I mean, I'm being serious. We do move people out of country, so we wow. will talk to you about that. I mean, that's how wow. serious it was. And the then HR. she, that's yeah, good. and then she said, and I have gotten a couple of notes from people who voted for Donald Trump, and they have said that they found this a very hostile environment. They're kidding, they're, of course it is, right? They're uncomfortable letting anyone know who they are or what they voted for. And I want to assure you that you know we're all on the. You know, the same page, and we all want what's right. We just don't understand. No. Oh. Oh. Okay. okay. Great. Wow. I mean, it's, <laughs> wow. it's a gulag for conservatives. Because, you know, having people who really were depressed about Donald Trump being elected uh, it, working for you just means you have a company with people working for you. Right? Right. Like half the country was like that at that, not not, at that time. But that's what's interesting to me about it. It's not just the president or a bunch of people saying really bad things about Donald Trump. You could go at that anywhere, any company, mm-hmm. any McDonald's you walked into the day after the election, you could have, you could have received that. This, however, is almost completely exclusively yeah. massive depression by every it's single the speaker. Whole culture of the company. I mean, that is. A, but look shocking. at that. Look at this. It was that way at CNN. It wasn't. I mean, but still, oh, like I can pull you out. Me. But I can pull out conservatives that we worked with. That, that were there and, and had uh, hesitations about things CNN did and were rooting for Republicans in elections. It wasn't like that. I mean, that was unanimity, right? Like there was not, it was, and it was completely everybody. And they acted as if everybody agreed with that. Talk to the people at Friends of Abe. That's why no one on the set ever says anything right. if you're a conservative <laughs> because it's that attitude. Yeah, I mean, I will say, like, with seeing that and, and realizing that basically everybody who works there, at least they think everybody who works there would be depressed by that. I actually think Google's done a good job balancing it. I mean, I still, it's still the most useful search engine, right? Like, it's still the one I go to every single time and can get lots of conservative information through it. The fact that it's not completely banned 
banned all voices. I'm actually impressed by after seeing that. I mean, they, that's sad. Yeah, it's really sad. I mean, it shouldn't. You know, again, this is when you when you feel there's there's a great instinct that I think people have, which is uh, I'm doing something, and with my life, I want to do something positive. I want to make a difference in, in the other things that I care about. You know, you work at you know here, and you want to take you know issues that you care about and make them. Um, into a big deal. That's great when you work here because this is what we do. We talk about issues. When you work at a place that is not supposed to be uh, emphasizing these things, um, that is actually a negative instinct. Like the instinct to be able to go out there and say, I want to make the world different, so therefore X, Y, Z, I'm going to manipulate these things so that people change. It's a bad instinct. You know, I mean, really, when you come up with the best technology. Make it easy for people to find the things that they want. Provide a service so that they can, they can search down the things in their life that they believe are important. Don't try to influence it because when you get into that world, uh, you wind up going down really negative roads. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I find it extremely um, uh, disturbing because I have had um, off-record conversations with people who are very concerned about AI and everyone always tells me the same thing. No, no, no. We have Google. Remember, whoever is the first to discover and create ASI or AGI rules the world. If it's run by a group of people that are thinking like this, people are afraid of the United States government or the Chinese or the Russians having ASI because they know if our government has it, they're going to listen to everything, they'll control everything, they can manipulate everything, and our government is the best of all the governments. If it's the NSA, I don't want the NSA having that. I don't want China. I don't want to have Russia. But I don't want Google having it either because they have a very different point of view than I do. Someone's going to get it, right? Um, And by the way, ASI, AGI, artificial... uh, Artificial intelligence, artificial general intelligence, which means um, it's a computer that can play chess and Jeopardy and do general things. Mm -hmm. That quickly will probably turn into ASI, artificial superintelligence, which is will make us be like a fly in a kitchen on a plane. Then there's ASDI, artificial super Doppler intelligence, <laughs> yes. which is the <laughs> scariest of all. Right. Right. Uh, still, go yes. ahead and be, be a polling nerd. Okay, it. uh, it's an exciting time of year. Um, they're actually starting to come out with House and Senate projections based on the polls. A lot of people, before we even get into this, it's always important to note, uh, you know, people are like, well, they got the polls wrong in 2016. I get that. Uh, it's an understandable thing. Uh, however, they were predicting the uh, one of the things they were predicting was the national polls, which they pretty much nailed. Uh, almost it was less than a point off. Um, when you it mean came the to, popular vote? When it came into the popular vote, which is the thing that you're predicting, right? Like so, right. the fact that the, some of the states they had some of the states wrong, um, but one of the, 538 was the one. Um, it's kind of the most famous, I guess, pred- prediction site. They were also the most positive for Trump. For Trump's chances, and that's something that gets lost in the fact that every every single polling prediction place got it wrong. Um, but they were the they were the ones that gave him the best chance. I've used this before, and uh, only Pat will understand this. Of course, I don't know. Maybe Sarah will understand it. But Ryan Sandberg, Hall of Famer, um, he uh, you know is a Hall of Famer because he got a lot of hits. Right, mm-hmm. five thirty eight gave Donald Trump the same chance of winning as Ryan Sandberg getting a hit, the exact same. So, I mean, it wasn't like they said he had no chance. He had the most, the biggest chance of any, of any uh, 538 gave him the biggest chance of any of these polling firms. So anyway, they released their, uh, their House and Senate projections. And it's interesting to see it kind of come down. Uh, we're starting with uh, House, or we're starting with Senate first. Uh, this is the, I can't tell. It doesn't really seem to be labeled. House and Senate. Uh, that is. House and Senate. Okay. Um, all right. Eh. You want to switch to another one? Yes. Yeah. Okay. 
Um, is, you're doing well so we far. Okay. Well, I, I don't. I, I, all I can tell you is about it's about thirty percent chance that I don't know what this this graphic is, but I, I, we can lose that. But uh, there's about thirty percent chance Republicans would win the uh, would win the uh, Senate, and about an eighty percent chance uh, Democrats will take the House. So 30% for Democrats to win the Senate, 80% for them to win the House, give wow. or take. Um, so they look, the House looks like, a, you know, at this point, and these things change, obviously. An event could change this in a big way, yeah. either way. But, uh, you know, if things stayed the same, generally speaking, until we go to the election, good chance uh, Democrats take the House, good chance Republicans hold on to the Senate. There are reasons, obviously, and one of the big reasons why this is important is uh, subpoena power. Uh, if, uh, you know, Democrats get either one of these things, they can just start subpoenaing documents and going after them really hardcore. Now, you, might, you want the truth about these things, but Democrats, of course, will use this for political purposes and start investigations that are nonsensical um, and uh, you know they will as opposed to well republicans that are running now uh yeah i would say i mean you know one of the things uh was somebody was it isa somebody um uh got in a little bit of trouble because he you know a republican who was saying like look we've got to make sure the house stays this way or the democrats will you know because we're the only ones holding the democrats back from going after trump on everything and they're like well they're trying to protect Trump. Well, I mean, yes, they probably are. Obviously, the same party. They they operate in the same fashion. Um, you give me a crime, and you can investigate all you want. Right, but give they will they will subpoena every document. They will leak every embarrassing thing. They, I mean, they will do everything just, they can. It's just, you know this that. is obscene. It almost definitely uh, will impeach him. Uh, if they think it's politically advantageous, they will impeach the and president. And if they the have States. the Senate, they could conceivably. They could. That one's going to get to six votes. So that one's going to be tough. Isn't it? It's six, I thought it was 67, but maybe it's 68. It's, it's high 60s. Yeah, that one's going to be tough. Yeah. You'd have to get something to win over you know, 20 Democrats. So that would be re- or Republicans, excuse me. So yeah. that one's really yeah, yeah. tough. Bottom line, though, is what, the most likely scenario is you will see a split. And it will be almost impossible for Republicans to pass anything. anything. All you have to do, though, is you don't actually have to impeach him. You just have to drag him through the mud, drag America through the mud for the next two years and make it impossible for anything to get done. Mm -hmm. And Americans will be so tired of it that if there's a fresh face that pops up, you have a chance. Because people will be like, I I just can't do this anymore. We've got to get going. Quick note before we go to break, you said uh, it's going to be impossible for Republicans to get things done, and that's assuming that they were actually doing anything (laughs) in the first place, and they're not. So maybe they deserve it. Amen. Back in a minute. President Beto, that's what we need. It's going to be President Beto. Hey, it's Glenn, and if you like what you hear on the program, you should check out Pat Gray Unleashed. His podcast is available wherever you download your favorite podcast. Uh, I'm going to quote verbatim. Pat has a really super thing to talk about, well, but before really we super good thing, mm-hmm. a really super about. good thing to Don't talk about. So be prepared. But before we get into he that, so smart. Wanna thank, <laughs> you have the best words. Want to oh, thank our TV and podcast sponsor, uh, iTarget Pro, which apparently there was this big demonstration that was you done. Here? I wasn't here. It is the greatest thing. Do you love it? Don't I'm mad. I don't have time to do this. Awesome though. I don't. I, I don't it. get to the range. Okay, so so uh, I need this. Right. I don't go to the range. I go up to the ranch, and so you know, two times a year uh, for two weeks, uh, we just shoot every day, sometimes several times a day. And so we, you know, we're, we we have a challenge with all of the members of the family. 
but I don't have time and I don't want to drive all the way to the range when I'm at home. The the I what is it called? iTarget? iTarget yeah. Pro, yeah. So you just you put a little thing in like a bullet. It's a laser. Yeah, you use your gun. That's what's so incredible. It's to me. incredible. And there's an app that goes with it and that it shows, shows you, you yes. how you're shooting. So you're sitting in the living room and you're dry firing, which Crazy. is the best thing you can do. Dry firing, pulling the trigger, making sure that it's smooth and everything else. Just dry firing is the best thing you can do. That's what you're doing with this, except you're actually hitting a target. What so. I love about that is bullets aren't going through furniture or your walls. <laughs> oh, really? so you love that. Oh, you did it at home in the like room anyway? Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, I used to shoot bullets through my yeah. walls all, the, all time. the time. And then I thought, wait, what if there's a human on the other side of that wall? Right. Oh, and one that I know so. since my family lives here, that's probably not a good idea. My Target Pro was literally a lifesaver in <laughs> yes. your household. Yes. <laughs> you can go to uh, itargetpro.com and you can save at 10% right now with the offer code NEWS. That's itargetpro.com. Great service. The slow descent into democratic socialism. It's not that slow anymore, I I think I'm finding. I mean, if it's possible in Texas where a guy... Now, Beto O'Rourke doesn't claim to be a socialist, but everything he's proposing is what Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is proposing. She's a democratic socialist. He's essentially a socialist. We've got a socialist in the lead for governor right now in Florida. What is that, our fourth most populous state? Third or fourth, somewhere in there. Uh, so you could be electing a socialist here. We've already elected one. Well, we're about to elect one, but she's going to win. In New York, yes. you've got uh, 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 an admitted socialist running for governor in Florida. This is sweeping our nation, and it's unbelievable to me. What's unbelievable and, is it's happening without an economic crisis. Right. Yeah. In fact, we kind of have the opposite right yeah. now. We've got pretty darn yeah. good we economic an, conditions. We had an economic crisis, which I think is coming. We, uh, but I always do. Uh, we had an economic crisis. We are going to be. We will. We will abandon the Constitution in a heartbeat. So somehow, we have convinced the American people that socialism is the right. Uh, economic engine for a country that's not broken economically. Um, So part of that is because I I believe in Texas, people believe that Beto O'Rourke is Hispanic. And that's propping up his numbers because Hispanics are turning to him. There was an article, just an article a couple of weeks ago that said uh, Beto's rise is uh, providing hope for Hispanics. Why? Because he's an Irish-American socialist? That's weird. So anyway, last night he was on uh, Stephen Colbert. He explained how he got his Hispanic nickname. Now, I understand that Beto is Beto's not your real name. What is your real name? I was born Robert Francis O'Rourke, but like many people born Robert or Albert or Gilberto in El Paso, my nickname is Beto. So not uncommon for your mailman to be named Beto or to go to Beto's Tacos or for your member of Congress to to be named Beto O'Rourke. Beto's Tacos. Unbelievable. Cultural appropriation, first of all. Why does it have to be tacos? Yes. And his name itself is cultural appropriation. So did you hear the the Hispanic... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, all of a sudden he yeah. became He's Hispanic tr- when he was <laughs> he did the Nicaragua thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, that's, I, 
that's my gig. Stop <laughs> it. Anyway, he uh, he says that it's it's common for a Robert or Roberto Roberto <laughs> in El Paso to uh, adopt a better. Yeah, if they're Hispanic, not a white guy. Where did that come from? Why? Why would you call a guy named Bob in El Paso? Beto, why would you do that? Yeah. It, it doesn't make any sense. Like, imagine like Lou Dobbs calling himself Lupe. It's like, <laughs> like, all right, well, yeah, I guess some people could be commonly called well, Lupe. Well, I, but not I a lot drove of- through uh, El Paso one time, and so I just stuck. <laughs> Lupe stuck. Lupe Dobbs right around the corner. Uh, it's just so fraudulent. And how it is. How it is. Works. Oh, we're totally working. I mean, it's first working. of all, he's within now three points uh, right. on average in the polls. He has a chance of winning. By the way, that the is the real... Honest to God, Hispanic, Hispanic in the yes. race is Cruz. perceived as a white guy. Yep, yeah. it's, it just doesn't matter. So I mean, uh, postmodernism, right? I mean, you've been talking about it so much. Nothing, no facts. How you actually identify matter. and how you feel. Yeah, uh, I mean, and you look at this. There's about there's ten toss-up races uh, in the Senate. I mean, this is an embarrassing performance already. I mean, if you know, this is set up so well for Republicans to pick up a bunch of seats. I think there's ten seats that are up for uh, in states that Trump won. That could be pickups for Republicans, and they're not going to really. Win. They might. They'll be lucky if they win one of them. Wow. Um, there's ten seats uh, in the middle that are tossed up. Sixty-one, sixty-two. You, you oh might have been able to get gosh. past the. You had an outside shot. Probably fifty-six, fifty-seven was a realistic upside, but still, you. But fifty-six or fifty-seven. Yeah. There's no reason they could have been. They couldn't have been there. I mean, states Instead, like West they're in Virginia, danger of losing the right. Senate majority. I mean, you and know, whose fault is that? Theirs. Theirs. It's not Donald yeah, definitely. Trump. As much as you want to blame that on Donald Trump. That's not his fault. It's not his fault. Yeah. They don't. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I think it's certainly partially Trump. It I mean, is partially. But, you know, it, it, but, and, and I don't, you know, look, he, he doesn't control these things. But I mean, like, you know, I don't think Cruz has done anything wrong here. Um, he's had a, his voting record is fine for Texas. I mean, like there's three. But I mean, you look at this and you see there's about 10 toss up races that will decide the Senate. Uh, Republicans need to win three of them. And right now they are favored in three of them. The most secure one they have is Ted Cruz. The oh, wow. Secure. The other ones are, wow, 3.2% is the most secure. secure. The other one's like 0.6%. The other one's like 1.4 or something like that. It is. Congratulations. Golly. Is the country turning to socialism? That's, it seems like it. Well, and I mean, in Texas, of all places, is where it gets really confusing that they're latching onto it. But you did point out. Beto is advocating for a lot of democratic socialist policies, but he's mm-hmm. not calling himself that. No, he's not. And I guess that tricks that's people. Why, right. I think that that's why, because I would, I would love to see the numbers of people who would say that they would reject democratic socialism and then see the numbers of people who would approve of Beto. And see how those how right. those be interesting. compare. Yeah. But he wants universal health care. Right. He wants a universal education. He wants universal uh, guaranteed job income. I, I don't know about the housing part of that, but he wants almost all of what yeah. Ocasio Cortez is saying. Yeah. yeah, and they had um, they just released at CNN. They do uh, every couple of weeks a breakdown of the top ten for 2020 on the Democratic side. Who's mm-hmm. going to be so uh, one Elizabeth Warren. Socialist, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, two, um, Kamala Harris. Socialist. Socialist. Totally fair. Same policies as yep. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Uh, three was Biden. Then I think it was four was um, uh, not San- or Gillibrand. Five, w- again, Gillibrand also universal health care, mm-hmm. all those same policies. Mm-hmm. Uh, then uh, uh, Sanders, avowed socialist. Uh, and then Cory Booker, six, who's a socialist. Beto was at ten. 
He's already on the list. He hasn't even won a freaking wow. Senate yet. If he wins, oh if he wins, if he wins the he Senate, will he'll run be the front 2020. Runner. If he wins, he'll be the front runner, I think, for Look 2020. Look how extreme that party has become. And yet it's always them calling Republicans yeah. extreme. That's yeah, incredible. Of course. Unbelievable. Back in a minute. Well, look how they're all for racists. Uh, look how they're, I mean, look how they're all for racists. Glenn Beck is coming live to talk about the right path forward and to make fun of the people standing in the way. He might not be able to save the country, but at least we can all go down laughing. Glenn Beck Live, the Addicted to Outrage Tour, on tour this fall. Glenn's new book comes out Tuesday, and you have a... Yay! Yay! Oh, oh, you got two out of three. That's yeah, pretty good. That's good. <laughs> and you have a, a live, live book, book signing. signing tonight, yes. 8 o'clock Eastern time. You just go to uh, livesigning.com slash Beck. And it's on the internet, right? It is on the... The, the internet. The, the superhighway. The oh, wow. People put their book up to the screen and <laughs> you just sign it. No. Sign it? You, you, all you have to do is you go there now, days. you register, um, tell me, you know, how many books you want, et cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm. and I sign them during the, the hour. You can also ask okay. questions at that time. Stu's going to be joining me to make my life. P- p- to pick the worst questions, to pick the most uncomfortable <laughs> yeah. questions. Make Glenn squirm on television. Right. That's okay. kind of so my job. That's tonight I'm, live I approve of that. at uh, livesigning.com slash Beck. So do you, are you going to take questions from the people who are actually getting the books? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm, same, the same people. Or, or so he will tell yeah. me. Or I'll be lying to make it as, you know, as uncomfortable as possible. One of the two is going to happen. Ask him really, really, really private, mm-hmm. uncomfortable questions. Oh, then I, then I will answer him because I can answer and make it more uncomfortable than you ask. <laughs> See you in overtime. Up next, enjoy bonus overtime content from the news and why it matters. Available exclusively for podcast listeners and Blaze Premium subscribers. Become a premium subscriber at theblaze.com slash subscribe. The Tonight Show has canceled Norm Macdonald's appearance after his horrendous, very offensive comments about Me Too. Well, he's a very offensive comedian anyway. Like, he's supposed to say things in offensive ways. It's kind of his gig. Um, he said, I'm happy the Me Too movement has been slowed down a little bit. It used to be 100 women can't be lying. And then it became one woman can't lie. And then it became I believe all women. And you're like, what? Like that Chris Hardwick guy, I thought really got the blunt end of the stick there. That's the guy from uh, the uh, AMC, right? Yes. Um, uh, yeah, and, see, and he's actually kind of bounced back in his back. On the- I didn't even know that until this quote that he oh. had any kind of accusation. Yeah, it was from a former girlfriend, I believe, uh, said he treated her poorly. Um, <laughs> you know, oh. uh, well, it can okay. happen, right? I mean, I, I don't know the story, obviously. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we've, there is that difference of categories, which I think he's, he's on to something there, right? Like Harvey Weinstein, we all know, you know, like there, 100 women are saying this and they have, there's like photographic evidence and video evidence and audio evidence. And it's pretty clear this guy was a complete creep and should go to prison. Um, on the other side of that, you know, Aziz Ansari or, you know, yeah. she, he mentions Louis C.K. is one of the things he gets in trouble on because he says, well, you know, look, Louis C.K., he had everything taken away from him in one day and even the victims didn't have to deal with that. Now, 
while technically true, right, like most likely the women didn't you know, lose their career that day, they experienced in some cases something much, much worse than losing your career. Um, so, I mean, look, it was a bad, it wasn't the right thing to say. He apologized for it. Um, and, you know, he, he, he had, these people are his friends and he's trying to defend them. And, but the idea that he would get canceled for this is just, it's just, it's just, we just live in this. I don't understand why we can't live in a place where you have someone to disagree with. If he came on the air and Jimmy Fallon was like, look, I mean, I think what you said was crazy. Well, can you defend that? Right. You know, like that would be an interesting conversation. Maybe we get mm-hmm. somewhere with something yeah. like that. And I believe The View actually tried to do that with him today and brought him on and let him, they didn't cancel him. They let him explain it. Um, I think that's the right way to deal with these things. Uh, you know, I think the easiest thing to do for me is to try to get to a point where you assume the best about somebody when they say something. You assume if someone screws up and says something offensive, maybe you say, you know what, I haven't heard them do that 20 other times. I haven't seen a pattern of behavior. Mm-hmm. He's probably def- trying to defend his friend. And there's something, you know, even if he's wrong on this comment, you know, it's an admirable instinct to defend your friend. And you know, maybe he's wrong and he should clarify that. Even if he's, even if he's wrong in his comment, what do you say? You say to yourself... Yeah, he's wrong about that. You know, that, yeah. that comedian. That, <laughs> you don't have to yeah. seek to destroy him. Right. Exactly. And I think you could say, you know what? That comedian, in, which I go to for absolutely none of my moral bearings, <laughs> is, is maybe not as moral as I thought. Like, what, 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 what's the big, you know, like, maybe, he, maybe I shouldn't go to him for my vote. I, like, what are we mm-hmm. gaining out of this? He's a comedian. He's making jokes. He's trying to come up with cultural observations. If you don't like what he said, then don't go, don't go to his shows. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned Harvey Weinstein. So there was a new video that surfaced of him just being, okay, everyone who's watching, and I will tweet out this video so that the people listening on podcast can watch it if you want, but everyone who's watching maybe get like a vomit bag uh, (laughs) before you watch this clip. Here it is. And then, you know, you can sign me up, tell your boss. And so he's going from almost pulling a trigger on using this platform to then he put his hand up under the table, up my dress. I was trying to save face a bit. At first, I was trying to kind of manage the situation. There was a combination of confidence and and naivety. Data's so hot, right? What's that? Data's so hot. It is hot. <laughs> right. A little bit. A little bit. It's a little hot. It's a little hot. So another thing I was thinking is... Um, Sarah, I don't know how much you are involved, but the Sarah Jessica Parker movie with Skyrocket? Maybe even Skyrocket? Skyrocket. Um, some kind of app thing. I don't know. Oh, that's creepy. Oh, he is creepy. So gross. Very, very creepy. I mean, I will say, she did Data So Hot, right? And she put her hand on his shoulder, which, as a female... You know what you're and doing when you do that. That's that's very clearly a flirtatious thing that yeah. a woman knows when she touches a man like that. And, and he's the data's so hot. Already that's, in that mode. Right. Oh, you can tell by his so eyes. Creeper eyes. You don't want to encourage that. I mean, look, yeah. you know, uh, it's she, he she shouldn't have to deal with that. No, no. like I think we all not. agree that she should not. But have to when deal his with hand that. goes up her skirt, you leave. You stand up. You yeah. walk out. I mean, that's got to be, and I think a lot of people would say, well, and rightfully so, they shouldn't have to deal with that. That's not right. Well, that's right. He's committing a crime there, I think, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, because, you know, there's the crime part of that is, you know, her not wanting to do it. And she's sort of, she's at least not like slapping his face and moving on, right? But, you know, she could lose her company, right? Like, she could lose her job. And, like, that's totally true, but when someone commits a crime against you, when someone violates you, your personal mm-hmm. space, when someone's sticking their hand up your dress, 
uh, your job is is less important than your dignity in that moment. And you should, you know, look, it's a it's a very difficult place. I can understand how she could struggle and not be able to find the easy path out of that. But yeah. we got to teach, uh, you know, we, we have to teach ourselves, I think, to say that we are more valuable than our jobs. Yeah. We're more valuable right. than any sale. We're more valuable than any of that. And if someone is going to violate with you, tell them to F off, stand up and go to the police and tell everybody around you. I mean, you have to do that. Hopefully, we're there now. Hopefully, the Me Too thing has brought so. that to yeah, a place where women so. feel comfortable to come forward and say these things. Because they, they have to be said. We have to deal with them with law enforcement right after it happens. It's the yes. only way these things are actually going to be taken care of. Yeah. Uh, on a completely unrelated topic, the mm. NFL had a strong... First week of rating. Well, it's interesting. Did you hear that anywhere? No. Uh, no, Because I I certainly Mm -hmm. didn't. What I heard was uh, the uh, Sunday night football ratings were down. I mean, this was a disaster. Down 19%. Mm -hmm. uh, You know, it depends on which numbers you're looking at. Like, I think it was 19%. It might have been in the demo. I don't remember exactly what it was. Um, But uh, the NBC game. Now, again, the NBC game. Think about this game for a moment if you didn't happen to watch it. Uh, The best player in the league got hurt. And was out and looked like he was out for the whole game. It was a twenty to nothing game at halftime. Now the end of the game was great, but that game is super late on the East Coast. Uh, most people, I think, probably gave up uh, on the game, or at least a lot of people did, and they missed a great one if they did. Um, but here's the: this is the number that was in the uh, the story that I saw. NBC's ratings for Sunday Night Football down nine percent, and I saw that all over the place. Mm-hmm. Here it is again. First, let me just take this and say, any time. You have a ten, uh, ratings are down 10% year to year for anything right now on television. It's a BS story because just the digital movement. I mean, look how many people are now watching things like The Blaze, not on TV, but on their apps. Mm-hmm. People are watching Netflix, yeah. all these other options. So like mm-hmm. a 5 to 10% decrease year to year is nothing to panic for for anybody. The NFL last year was actually down, I think, 8 or 9%, which was less than network television. Network television was down more than the, than the NFL was. And I understand that a lot of people, I think, out there hate the Colin Kaepernick stuff, which, by the way, he's not in the league and hasn't been for multiple years. But, you know, they don't like the kneeling. They, they like, you know, they, they, they like the culture war part of that. But, I mean, you have to look at the numbers. And so here are the other numbers from uh, Sunday. The CBS's game was up 23% uh, nationally, mm-hmm. their NFL coverage. Uh, Fox had two games. The first one was up 5%, and the second one was about flat, up 1%. But again, like you look at that overall and you say, well, there was one game on Sunday night after people have been watching football for six, seven straight yeah. hours and it was, that started it 20 really to nothing and had the best player in the league get hurt in the first half. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a reason why that game is going to be down 9%. The same thing, the, the Thursday night game was down a little bit too after a 50-minute lightning delay. Uh, so again, is the NFL healthy? Well, first of all, it's... In, it's only uh, unhealthy unless you compare it to anything else because, I mean, every other sport uh, is in a much worse situation. They get much more, many, many more viewers than everybody else. Uh, but yeah, I think it does have some problems, right? There are things that are affecting yeah, it. there's some issues. There yeah. are some issues. But, like, mm-hmm. you wish, you work your entire life, you beg to have the issues the National Football League has. I mean, yes, they exist. It's not perfect. But overall, when it comes to viewership, it still rules this country when it comes to uh, entertainment. They will again, I mean, Sunday Night Football, yeah, the rings are down. They'll still have the number one show in America. Uh, you just write it down. No one even notices. It's like they were number one by slightly less. And everyone's <laughs> to the panic. Well, it's, it's just a strange, strange thing. People just want to hate on it, I think, because yes. the NFL does so well and you want to hate on the big guy. Uh, well, but, you know, as, as, as an evil conservative, I can like the big guy. Yeah. Well, no, you're not allowed to because uh, they have players who kneel. 
yeah, for I the national anthem, and you're not allowed to watch the games now and be a conservative, yeah. I'm told. I, and even I'm then, told it was, what, lost. two guys? Yeah. Uh, I know there were two Dolphins. Yep. And then two in the entire a couple league, stayed in the locker room. Yep. Mm-hmm. And the rest of everybody just kind of stood for the national anthem. But, yeah. like, you're not so, even at one percent of the players doing this why are you punishing the entire league that's true i just don't understand it if it's something that if you don't like it right fine but if it's something you enjoy and you're taking something that you enjoy out of your life because less than one percent led by someone who is not in the league is protesting the national anthem I mean, I, Nike makes a lot more sense to me. The NFL never embraced Colin Kaepernick's protest. Yeah. They, all they did is not ban it as much as they were supposed to, it I guess. Poorly. Yeah, I think they did uh, in, in some regard. But, like, what were they going to, you know, the option was everyone just wanted them to, like, you know, kick everybody out of the league when they protest or find them, which you could have done. Nike took the step of taking this guy out of obscurity, paying him through the entire protest under yeah. the radar, and now is making him their poster child. If you want to boycott someone, Nike makes more sense. I'm never for a boycott. Boycott. But, like, if you know how to do it, Nike makes sense. The NFL, like, they're, the left is pissed off at them because they won't embrace Colin Kaepernick, because they won't let people kneel, because they, it's just, it's an amazing thing. And I think people, I think largely, honestly, at this point, it's because of Trump. But again, Trump tried to ignite this again last week, and I don't think it had much success because nobody's doing it. Yeah. There's nobody, there's a couple people. You can't find a couple people. You can't find a dirtbag, a couple people who are doing much worse things than than uh, than protesting the national anthem at every business you walk into. There's always <laughs> right. somebody who sucks. Right. You know, I mean, I just I don't well, understand I mean, this approach. Pe- people are I, I, obviously we don't agree with what they're doing, but people are allowed to do things that I disagree yeah. with, and, and also people are allowed to be idiots too, yeah. and that's I mean, fine with me. <laughs> look at Jeffy, who works at this, at this particular company. He's the company. worst person I've ever met. And he works here. Enough said. It's incredible. Uh, I was reading a a study. There was some research published in the August issue of Memory and Cognition, and it found that men and women are different in how they navigate to places. So I wanted to see if this hit home with either of you. I should say, before you start, I only have up to July's issue, so don't no spoilers. (laughs) Well, I'm going to give you a spoiler. I'm sorry. Uh, So men apparently tend to create mental maps of an area, and women rely on landmarks of an area. So they found that, and Mm -hmm. then they also found that men were far more likely to use shortcuts than women. Yep. And Mm -hmm. so women, (laughs) women were more likely to repeat the learned route or to just wander, mm-hmm. and men on average were much faster at completing the uh, the trials in their research. Uh, this could be an every. I feel issue like this is a very sexist. Uh, it's a very sexist study. Well, I thought you were going to say true. Yeah, it was a different word I was looking for. Sexist. Um, I will say that that has uh, very much been my experience mm-hmm. in my life. So you, so you uh, make a, a mental, mental map is really? absolutely how I do it. I I've never been a. With the exception of fast food restaurants, I've never been a landmark guy. <laughs> um, like my wife will be that. She does that all the time. She's like, oh, it's right by uh, Coles. I'm like. Now, this is in the town I live in. I have no idea where. I've probably been inside of Coles 20 times with her. I have no idea where it is. Um, but if you say it's near, you know, uh, Sonic, then, then like, oh, okay, I know where it is. Chick-fil-A. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's going to happen. But, yeah, it's totally true. I, every, that is, yeah. I, it's those all seem yeah. 
completely. It's like I'm also a guy too that likes mm-hmm. to look at the GPS and say, "Wait a minute, I can just take it right here and get around this traffic." Like I love to reroute myself. Um, really? Now Waze makes this a lot, of course, a lot easier. But as we were talking about the other day, yes, um, you have to learn to trust Waze. Yeah, you have to learn to trust Waze. But I mean, I, that's how I always did when we when GPS first came out. It was always like trying to navigate your way around things. Where I think uh, you know, at least my wife. Again, I'm just talking uh, anecdotally with my wife. Mm-hmm. She'll she'll stay on the route. She's not. She's much less likely to try to make some crazy new route. Me, it's kind of fun. I'm a little pissed off that they're suggesting there are differences between men and women, though. Aren't you? What are? I mean, right? Like, who's who's to say who's a man and who's a woman? Anyway, yeah, (laughs) it's it's amazing. I um, I, uh, I'm. Uh, going to France in a couple of weeks uh, on a vacation. Um, and so I took five years of French. Five years. I remember like one-tenth of a percent of it. You know? <laughs> so I was like, you know, maybe I should look at it as I'm, as I'm approaching mm-hmm. this vacation. Let's try to remember. Maybe I can get up to 5%. Yeah. Maybe that'll be helpful. Um, and as I was reading it, I was like, how is this language going to function in the modern world? It's all based on gender. The entire oh, yeah. language oh. is, you know, is it Le the feminine or, or masculine? So is so is Spanish. Yeah, and so I, I, is it? I, I, yes. Yeah. So it's it's amazing because like they'll, they'll when they're mm. testing you like as you're going through the little tests on like trying to remember it, they'll put a picture of a woman up there and say, "Is it L or L?" Right, and you're supposed right. to know. Well. We, how can we judge if gender is fluid? These words are not going to work. The entire language is based on this. You have to write different words, different endings, different uh, you know verbs conjugated in different ways. Yeah. The whole thing is based on gender, which no longer exists. Like <laughs> these societies are going to die. It is amazing. Well, they're going to have to come up with a new French language. <laughs> so <laughs> start working on that now. Uh, All right. Today's poll. Would you agree? Is it your experience that the uh, latest study that men and women differ in how they navigate? Is that something? Yes. Something. So again, with the uh, the sexism here. Mm -hmm. You're uh, the one that brought this up. Don't act like we did anything about it. I just wanted to bring attention to a sexist study. Is it true for you? Yeah, it is. (laughs) 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 See you guys tomorrow. Totally. totally right. Yeah, that, is, that actually does seem like the, like uh, how it plays out. Yeah. Like what you're hearing? Become a Blaze Premium subscriber and watch the show anytime, anywhere, live or on demand. Go to theblaze.com/slash subscribe and start watching today.